the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Seven minutes after 10 o'clock. And our number two is underway now on this Tuesday. It's the 18th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks again to Jim Jordan. Spirited conversation. There's probably two, three times a year, I think, uh, out of 52 interviews we do each year with Jim Jordan. We do it every week. Sometimes we add a second one, but uh, mostly around 50, 52. Maybe two, three, four times a year I'll disagree with him about something. And we just had one of those. And uh, I feel pretty strongly about my position, but I completely understand his as it pertains to China. I think we're going to need somebody to break that tie. Somebody's going to have to break that uh, deadlock there on that issue about whether or not the United States should boycott the Chinese Winter Olympics in Beijing as athletes descend upon Beijing this week, enriching the Chinese Communist Party beyond measure. Uh, maybe Peter Kersenow can be that judge for us. After all, he's an attorney. He's a step away from a judge. He has testified before the, um, uh, at the confirmation hearings of actual Supreme Court justices, I think on four different occasions. So if anybody can be a good arbiter, it would be Peter Kersenow who joins us now on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Pete. How are you, sir? You know, doing pretty well. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we finally got some snow, get it out of the way, but boy, it's a real problem. I, <laughs> tell you, I've got a very long driveway. This is, uh, I, I, you know, uh, when you get to a certain age, you decide that you've had enough of snow. So, And I've had enough of the season already. Uh, I started the show today um, ripping whiners about the snow, and then you come on here whining about the snow. <laughs> you've, lived, you've lived in Northeast Ohio your entire life, Kersenow, and when you weren't, you were at uh, at Cornell, for crying out loud. You've never not been in a snowy climate. You're not used to winter yet. That's that's exactly right. You know, I've, I've done my penance. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, I was hoping for some snow, but not a foot of snow at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a bit much. I think we got around eight nine inches out here, but uh, hey, it's winter. You get used to it. Okay, hey Pete, um, couple of things I want to combine together here, and and they're they're involving China. This really wasn't what you and I had planned to talk about, but I just had this conversation with Jim Jordan, and I want you to, I want you to weigh in on this. First of all, have you been watching the Cavaliers? Uh, the truth. You know, rarely. Although I have to admit, I peeked in yesterday. I kind of like the way they play. It's a, it's an interesting team. Yeah, they are, and from what I understand, they're a very good team, and it's a shockingly good team because nobody expected this. Now, I have not watched a millisecond of the action, but I do see the newspapers, and I do see online, I see things, you know, Cavs win fifth straight. Okay, fine. I, I want I, I've got to talk about the NBA here and about China, and I want to talk about uh, the uh, Chinese Olympics. Um, the co-owner of the Golden State Warriors, maybe you saw this, maybe you did not. His name is Chamath uh, Palapatia. 
he did a podcast, an all-in all in podcast, I guess is what it was called, and the, the interviewer asked him about China and, and, and the NBA being in bed with China. Now, mind you, this is, this is the co-owner of the Golden State Warriors, not the Memphis Grizzlies. That means this is one of the, he, he is in a city and in a, in, a, in a metropolitan area with one of the largest Asian-American populations and Chinese-American populations in the country. One might think he'd be sensitive to that. But when asked about the NBA's relationship with communist China in the midst of this genocide against the Muslim Uyghurs, this was his response, Pete. Nobody cares, about, again? No, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You, you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's do you nice that cares? you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you, you a very care? hard... Wait, I'm you're saying you personally don't care? I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth, okay? Of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. As I said to Jim Jordan, uh, Peter, um, I'm I'm trying to picture a business owner who's making a lot of money in uh, in international sales in in Germany in 1940, not in 1936, but in 1940, after the genocide had begun, as the concentration camps were built, as the Jews were being were being systematically, uh, you know, destroyed, uh, somebody saying, you know what? Um, of all the things I care about, uh, the Jews being killed in 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 Germany is below my line. I'm making a ton of money there. This is huge for me. It's huge for my industry. Uh, so, of all the things I care about, uh, the the genocide of Jews is is below my line of things to care about. What's your reaction to what you just heard? Um, what I heard is, I mean, let's, let's, uh, this is very simple. It's atrocious, it's despicable, but I think he's telling the truth for a number of our elites who have put profit over principle. And it's, principle is even a soft word to use in this context. I've been saying to anybody who will listen for quite some time that I'm appalled that my country, the United States of America, would participate in the Olympics being put on by China, which is a showcase for a despotic regime to show how great and beautiful their country is when they've got over a million people. Get that, a million people. Wrap your head around that. Those are real numbers. It's probably understated. We have satellite imagery of some of it, but we can't be sure about all of it. One million people in true concentration camps where they are tortured, they are raped, they have their organs harvest. The rest of the Uyghurs who aren't in uh, concentration camps are under 24-hour surveillance, electronic surveillance. They harvest their organs, they force them to undergo abortions, they sterilize them. It's truly an astonishing thing, yet Amazon, Nike, Apple, a whole host of major companies they will excuse it because of profit, because they can get cheap labor, very often utilizing Uyghur slave labor to manufacture their products so they can sell them at a lower cost than they otherwise would. Um, actually, so that they can sell them at a cost where they can enhance their profit margin. That's what it's all about. I think that guy, I'll give him credit for telling the truth, but what a despicable comment to make. Um, you, you mentioned... Uh, uh, Nazi Germany and the concentration camps, uh, you know, participating in the Olympics there. We had um, one thing that I was upset about, and I was a young man then, but I was upset about it. And I think a lot of people were upset about the fact that, you know, the Olympics in the Soviet Union were going to go forward, 
And um, I thought, and I think a lot of Americans believed, that a despotic regime like that should not be rewarded with the prestige and the profit and of the, the profit. Olympics. That's the big part. Same is true here. The, the big difference between Soviet Union and China is China is much smarter about what they did. The Soviet Union showed the model how to do it, and China built off of that. They are making huge bucks, not just off of the Olympics, off, off of everything. And what they have done is insinuate themselves at the upper reaches of our society, whether it be in the academy, where you've got professors uh, who are just parroting the party line for communist China, these major corporations, even law firms, you name it. They've got their tentacles in everything, and everyone's afraid to say something. Consider this, Bob. This is, this is astonishing, and we should be outraged. This is the kind of stuff, I, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I'm a, a hypocrite because I should be marching on Washington, and I haven't. Um, Eric Swalwell was caught literally in bed with a Chinese spy, and he's on the House Intelligence Committee. No action has been taken to remove him. None. Consider well, whether that, that was even remotely plausible during the Cold War. We know it isn't. During the 1950s, he would have been in jail forever. My goodness, this, this, is, you know, this is a real, real uh, black mark on the soul of America to do something well, like this. And, of course, Biden who is compromised. Yeah, he is compromised, simply because the media, major media, won't report it. All the things they said about Trump was false, but they apply to Biden at a magnitude of 100. He is so compromised by China, and he's not done anything to lift a finger to help the Uyghurs or anybody else. I think this is an abomination. The United States of America, individual citizens, when they have an opportunity, whether it's to your neighbor, whether it's to your co-worker, you know, in an appropriate setting, of course, should say something about it. Voice our opposition to the Chinese Olympics. You don't reward cruelty. You don't reward sinfulness. You don't reward something like this. This is, this is an, I'll say it again, one more time. It's an abomination, it, unequivocally it, so. It is every bit of that, Pete. Um, I, I want to go back to the um, NBA part of this. Because, I mean, they're the same, but they're two different stories. You know, the NBA continues to uh, be in bed with China. They make so much money off of that uh, uh, that uh, 1.7 billion uh, uh, population of NBA fans, and uh, they make all of their things cheap, as you said. And then there's the Olympic side. But back to the, the NBA part. The Warriors, after, of course, the predictable backlash over what this uh, co-owner said, issued the following statement. As a limited investor who has no day-to-day operating functions with the Warriors, Mr. Palapatia does not speak on behalf of our franchise, and his views certainly don't reflect those of our organization. Period. End of quote. Pete, would it not be be incumbent upon them to actually... Hold on. Wouldn't it, not, would it not be incumbent upon them if they're saying his views don't reflect those of the organization for them What's to state view? their views? What are your views? Yeah, what are the that, league's that views about the together. genocide of the Uyghurs? He said, he didn't say, I don't care, by the way. He said, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Uyghurs. Then he clarified it, too, of all the things that I, uh, uh, you know, are important to me, that's below my line. But he said, nobody cares. He's speaking for the Warriors. He's speaking for Adam Silver. He's speaking for LeBron James. He's speaking for the NBA, unless the NBA, LeBron James, and the rest of the organizations speak on behalf of themselves and saying we do care about this and we're gonna we're gonna limit, if not stop, our business with them until this this human rights uh, abuse of of of, of, a, of a religious and ethnic minority stops. 
I'm sure the majority of your listeners have experienced or are aware, because they're adults, of how various businesses, enterprises, entities will spin certain comments to their advantage. We've seen this happen so often that it doesn't surprise anybody. We know that they stopped short. They didn't say what they're for. This was crafted by, you know, almost every lawyer has been involved in crisis situations. And very often, the first thing I do is I go out and get a crisis communications team that's very good at this stuff from a non-legal perspective, and then we look at it from a legal perspective. This was crafted by such a team on behalf of the Golden State Warriors and this individual who I've never heard of before, but I'll take your word for it that he's a part owner of of the Warriors. But this is what was happening, and you're right. What they didn't say is, what are their views? And I guarantee you, their views are identical. They are. We've seen it happen throughout the entire NBA. The, the most glaring example, of course, is the idiot LeBron James. These guys, and, and these are the first guys who will tell you how awful the United States of America is. I don't see anybody harvesting organs here in the United States of America, by the way. Um, they'll tell you about how awful America is. They're big supporters of critical race theory. They have absolutely no perspective, no historical perspective, no geographic perspective, None of it. This is, this is appalling. Now, you may say this is simply confined to the NBA, but we know it's not. I just mentioned no. Apple, Nike, all these huge companies that are involved in it, and we know that our leadership, our political leadership, is strangely mute when it comes to this, let alone our business leadership. There's nothing being said about the biggest human rights abuser of, of the present time. This is extraordinary what's happening, and remember the trajectory of this. We should keep in mind always that <clears throat> Xi, for example, comes from a long line of despots and a country that in the last 50 years has probably exterminated tens of millions of its own people. When I say probably, we don't have a good handle. We know it's in the millions right. of its own people. Yet we blithely go forward and conduct business with them as if nothing happened. This is a stain upon the soul of the free world for them to do something like this. And like I said, this individual, I think, happened to speak the truth and spoke for a lot of people in the NBA. Yeah, uh, there, there's no doubt about that. He does, and that's when they when they say it's not our views, then they didn't express their views. It's because they, they they do have the same views. They don't care. They know what's going on, and they have declared that the NBA is essentially a Chinese-run sport. Uh, that actually was said by, and I can't remember exactly if it was an owner or if it was somebody in Adam Silver's office, but it, it's it's what they believe. L- last thing on this, Pete, before we take our break. I just had Jim Jordan on. Now, Jim Jordan has a ton of experience with international competition. Uh, you know, he tried out for the Olympics. He was a multi-time All-American wrestler at Wisconsin and so on and so forth. So he's got a real different perspective. When I asked him if we should boycott the Olympics, if Joe Biden should boycott the Olympics, I think he bristles at the notion of the athletes who work hard paying a price by not being yep. able to go compete. And he said, no, I think we should go over there and kick their butts. We'll show them, we'll show them that America's better uh, by, by beating them in all of their games. And then while we're there, we can make some statements about how wrong this is. I just fundamentally disagreed with him because I don't think – that any Uyghur Muslims who are in the concentration camps are going to be made to feel any better by some long-haired uh, American snowboarder winning the halfpipe and saying, ha-ha, we got the gold, we beat you, uh, that, that balances the scale. China's getting rich because we're going to be there. China is going to make yep. billions because they are hosting the games, and, they, and that, that can only happen if we are there at the games. And I feel like if we really want to do something about human rights abuses of the Uyghur Muslims, we can't go, Right. 
Uh, Bob, you and I are both athletes. We know the amount of time. We can't even, actually, you know, we're not at the Olympic level, so we can't even imagine that. But we know the type of commitment, the type of sacrifice, the pain that goes into preparing and to compete at an elite level. And then you only have this once every four years. That said, consider what I just said about the Uyghurs. In comparison, this is nothing. We're playing games, and we're enhancing the prestige. The Chinese want this. They want this badly. They've been working for this. This is a matter of making them legitimate in the eyes of the world or, or cementing their legitimacy. We should not give it to them. And with all due respect to all those fine individuals, like Jim Jordan, any, anybody else like that, who worked so hard for years to get to a certain point, it doesn't mean a hill of beans compared to the extraction of a liver from one Uyghur woman. It does not. We should have the moral clarity and authority to say, no, you want to do something like this? Go ahead. You're not doing it with our prestige by lending us, by lending you the world stage in which to perpetuate this just god-awful lie. I can't say that strongly enough. With all due respect to these athletes, we've been athletes. We understand that. But guess what? There's something more important than the field of play. And you'll have another opportunity. Maybe not at the Olympic level. We get it. But your dream of Olympic glory, it's not even comparable under any circumstances. I'm not even going to dignify it with a comparison. We're talking about billions of people, literally millions of people. I've said before, there are organs being harvested and everything else. Won't go through the entire litany. This is a no-brainer. And I'll tell you what, I think it was a mistake when Reagan went there, or actually I think it was Carter went there in 1980, 81. I can't recall when it was. My, my memory starts to fade on this. So did I, I, yeah, that I, I messed giant... that up. I messed that up when I talked to Jordan, too. I got it wrong. It was, it was Carter who made that decision for the 80 Olympics, because it was before the election, of course, when Reagan right. became president. And then the Soviets uh, countered by, by boycotting Los Angeles in, in 84. Fine. Fine. Big deal. Does anybody remember that? Other than some of the athletes and their families. But what we do remember are the gulags. We remember uh, the oppression of the Jews and others in the Soviet Union. Remember all that stuff. But nobody remembers, except for all due respect to those people who worked hard to, you know, win the 100-meter dash. But, you know, that's a handful of people, and it's nothing. It's playing games. Playing games compared to human rights. Yeah. And you do not give the imprimatur of the United States of America to such an abusive, horrific regime. Don't we have any moral clarity? No, no, not, particularly not under this particular administration, Pete. No, there is no moral clarity because there are no morals. We're late here. It's 1025. Pete, take a, take a breath. We'll come right back after this. Always right with Bob France on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Okay, ten twenty seven. We got Peter Kersenow, uh for a couple more segments on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, uh, Pete. We, uh, you and I, didn't speak about this yet, but I want to, and we'll start it now, and we'll pick it up after the break here because there's not going to be nearly enough time to follow up here, but. Uh, I just want to get your uh, first reaction, and maybe it's not your first, but it's first on the air since what we heard last week from Joe Biden in Georgia, when he declared that um, if you're not I'm with sorry, us, I'm sorry, Bob, I just I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> I know, I know. Since he declared that if you're not with us on voting rights, which by the way is a misnomer, we already have voting rights. Every American does. It's voter laws that they are trying to change. But if you're not with us, you are George Wallace, Bull Connor, and you are Jefferson Davis. P- 
Pete, give me uh, two minutes of reaction here. We'll pick it up on the other side. Yeah, my first reaction, I mean, there's a lot to say, but my first one is, and I said this to people when I heard it, I said, think about the lack of vetting in the White House, not the lack of vetting, this had to go through multiple levels of scrutiny at the White House. He didn't write this, his speechwriter wrote it, of course, and then it gets, it's given to the, the domestic policies are, it's given to Ron Klain, it's gone through several levels of review before it gets to Biden. And everybody said, sounds good to me, that's extraordinary. That's, um, we know that he's, Biden's a dunderhead, that he has no clue what he's talking about, but everybody within the White House said, eh, sounds okay. That's dangerous. That's really, really troubling. But nonetheless, it's completely false, of course. I mean, this has nothing to do, not, listen, please, please, everybody listen, nothing whatsoever to do with voting rights. And I'm, I'm sorry for being pedantic, because I know your audience understands this intuitively. Nonetheless, as you know, I'm on the Civil Rights Commission. One of our two principal charges has to do with voting rights. Now, in the 20-plus years I've been on there, I regularly ask panelists when we have hearings on voting rights about voter suppression and all these other nice terms Democrats like to come up with. And one of them that I ask with a considerable amount of frequency is, tell me, please, you guys are voting rights experts. You're these Democratic lawyers that deal with this stuff. Give me an example, give me a name, one name, just one name during the years you've been working on this, of somebody who wanted to vote and was prevented. Please. Who was eligible. One name. Who was eligible. Someone, of someone, right, of someone whose rights have been violated. Tell me, one Thank person you. who didn't get to exercise the franchise. And they all just stand there with, with the deer in the headlights look. Or sit there with during the headlights. Look, this doesn't have. You have all the voting rights and more that you want in this country. We were just told over and over and over and over again that more people voted in the last presidential election than any time in history. In fact, Biden talk about voting rights and suppression of black vote. We are told Biden somehow got more votes than Barack Obama from blacks. <laughs> that doesn't sound like voter suppression to me. Maybe I'm missing something. We're told well, their, their the argument is going to be, but, but, Pete, election in history. but Pete, their We're argument is going to be, their and argument yet, is, here we are, we have to have voting rights, otherwise you're Bull Connor. By the to, way, everybody yeah. he cited was a Democrat. Of course they were. I made that point too, uh, first thing Monday morning, yesterday, they were all Democrats, but or uh, Friday actually. But anyway, Pete, um, their argument is going to be, that's because... They had universal mail-in balloting. That's because they had unmanned drop boxes. That's because they had ballot harvesting. That's because they had same-day registration. That's why there were more blacks that voted than ever before. That's their argument. And they're saying that's why we have to make that permanent now by taking away states' rights to limit any of those things. That's their argument. Now, we need to address it from that perspective after the news. Right back with Kirstenau, always ready, in 1420 The Answer. is upside down and the majority turns to the left turn to the right always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer record turnout in the 2020 election the democrats will tell us it was the most secure election in history even though we you know we saw all kinds of things with our own with our own eyes the record turnout most secure election in history but there's all kinds of problems with our voting system so we got to run it from washington dc none of the things they say make sense but this is and it just again underscores everything they do is 
is radical left policies designed to entrench them in power and, and I think, frankly, hurt the American family and American people. All right, uh, 1037. That was Jim Jordan, who was on last hour, and I asked him some of the same questions we are discussing now with Peter Kersenow, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, of which one would consider voting, certainly, to be a civil right. Um, Peter, he said something similar to you. Uh, look, they had the record turnout last time. How can they possibly claim that there is voter suppression? Uh, you, you brought up the fact that uh, Biden got more black votes than Barack Obama, the first black president, did. How can they claim voter suppression? But as I said, their argument is that's what it takes to get that kind of turnout is universal mail-in balloting and all of the other things that it left the election completely unsecured and left it open to fraud and irregularities and all kinds of other problems. That's why they want to do this. Uh, and then the second part of this, Pete, is um, you probably saw the Gallup number this morning, right, that um, there has been a 14-point swing from one year ago among uh, how Americans identify themselves politically. A year ago, the Democrats had a nine-point edge in terms of number of Americans who identify themselves as either Democrat or Democrat-leaning. They had a nine-point edge over those who say Republican or Republican-leaning. Now it's Republicans by five, a 14-point swing in one calendar year. That is not lost on the Democrats. They know that people are fleeing them and their message and their platform, and that's why they have to change the voting laws. They have to change the laws to make it easy to cheat the way they did in 2020. Take it from there. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I mentioned that last week on your show, Bob. This is the Democratic Hegemony Act. This is what it's about. When you consider it, I think you've just cited it. What's extraordinary to me, and I've been saying this in other gatherings on the Civil Rights Commission elsewhere, a couple of data points that are extraordinary. You mentioned some of them. One of them is the one that really stuns me. And I've talked to you in the past for several years about the the critical mass of black voters that Democrats must get, otherwise they have no chance in heck of ever winning. Yeah. But there's another vote. It's actually the largest majority uh, minority in the country now. But the Hispanic vote has fallen off a cliff for Democrats. It, 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 sh- it sent shockwaves through the Democratic elite. It's at 28 uh, points right now. That's Biden's approval rating, 28 eight among Hispanics. It's lower than for whites who are at 33. That's death right there. Democrats will never, ever, ever again see the White House if those numbers pertain, and that's why they are scrambling, calling it voting rights. Every, every, you know, pro tip, whenever the Democrats uh, uh, clothe something in rights, what, what they're talking about is their privileges. It has nothing to do with rights. The United States of America, you've got all the rights in the world you could possibly want already, and more. We've got all kinds of rights and, and privileges. This has absolutely nothing to do with voting rights. It's here to maintain some form of democratic presence on the federal level because they have fallen completely off the, off the cliff because they've become the insane party. When you have people, we and I have talked about this two years ago, when you say defund the police, most normal sane people say, are you insane? Are you nuts? When you have an open border like this and you've got drugs and and people and everything else, who knows, terrorists coming across the border, you are insane if you don't enforce the border. When you abandon Afghanistan, the manner in which you did, left Americans behind, you are insane. This is an abomination, and that's why voters are fleeing. The only hope 
Democrats have to salvaging are, number one, the ineptitude of the Republican Party. Number two, <laughs> never underestimate that. Number two, the media going full blast. But the problem is now the media has expended so much of their capital with respect to integrity during the Trump administration that hardly anybody believes them anymore. They, they completely blew it there. Number three, they've got to change voting laws to somehow emulate what happened in 2020. Right. They've got to have it so that you can't really track who's doing what. The voter rolls have to be confusing. It's almost impossible to figure out what happened. You have, you have these uh, audits that have gone on in places like Arizona, for example. They take months and months, and you never get some closure on it because it's virtually impossible. Not, that, that's not true. That, that's, that, it, it's very, very difficult to correlate a vote cast with a registered voter. Tracking that down is, is a tough thing to do, especially with the lax voting laws. We've got many, many um, uh, states. So you're right, Bob. This is something that they need to protect their majorities, and they're not going to be majorities, because what we have seen is the most extraordinary swing, I think you just mentioned it, in voter sentiment in such a short period of time in our lifetimes. Typically, uh, I'll give you another data point. And I've been saying this for a long time because it's very interesting. Well, for the last 60 years, the generic ballot, when it's shown, Democrats have a sizable advantage in the generic ballot. And what that means for your listeners are sophisticated enough that I suspect the majority know this, but what it means is they ask a question. Gallup will say to a voter, a potential voter, um, who do you favor? Without mentioning any names, but in the next election, who do you favor, a generic Democrat or generic Republican? And unless Democrats, on average, have a four-point lead in the generic ballot, they must have a four-point lead, they'll get wiped out. It's not that it has to be even. A four-point lead, otherwise they get wiped out. Now, if you go back to the tsunami of 1994, when Republicans took over the Congress for the first time in 40 years, the uh, Democrat lead was only one point. They still had a lead on the generic ballot. And the reason for that is Democrats don't come out to vote. And that's, what, again, another reason why they have to have the most lax ways of getting people to vote and, and obfuscating actually who's voting and making it as confusing as possible for the ballot counters. If this is currently the case, and it depends on, you know, every poll I've seen shows that Republicans right now have not just not that they're behind by four points or one point, but they're actually ahead. The last one I saw was a five-point lead. Never seen anything like that in my life. That's that number since 1994 uh, for Republicans in this survey. It, since 1994. It's, it's better than that one, Bob. It's, it's actually better than 1994. It's better than 1994. And it's better than 2010 when you had an even bigger uh, uh, Republican wave. Uh, I think it was 60-some votes changed, or 60-some seats changed. So it's better than that one, too. I, I can't remember the figures right off the top of my head. But right. nonetheless, we've never seen anything what we're seeing right now. So Let's this talk tells about you why Democrats are apoplectic and need a change. Let's talk about why these numbers have flipped so much, Pete. You know, we, we put a lot of attention on the Virginia gubernatorial race for obvious reasons, uh, because it's become very, very clear to, you know, most of middle America that the Democrats do not believe that parents have rights to raise their kids, that children should be raised by the village, if you will, by way of public education. And moms and dads, go sit your butts down, you domestic terrorists. Get away from the school board. Stop trying to stick your nose into places where it doesn't belong. Well, did they learn from Virginia? Apparently not. 
Michigan Democrat Party official blue-checked Twitter account. Quote, Not sure where this parents should control what is taught in schools because they are our kids is originating, but parents do have the, uh, the option to choose to send their kids to a hand-selected hand private school at their own expense if this is what they desire. The purpose of a public education in a public school is not to teach kids only what parents want them to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to know. The client of the public school is not the parent, but the entire community, the public. Pete, this lasted a few hours before they tore it down, and you can imagine why. Next quote from the Michigan Democratic Party was... We have deleted a post that ignored the important role parents play and should play in Michigan public schools. Parents need to have a say in their children's education. End of story. The post does not reflect the views of the Michigan Democrats and should not be misinterpreted as a statement of support from our elected officials or candidates. Pete, I I mean, I'm, I'm almost speechless here. They they literally used the line that defines themselves as communists. And we, we've talked about this before in other circumstances. Your child is not an individual. Your child is a cog in our societal wheel. We will teach them what society needs them to know. Nothing less, nothing more. You have no say in this. We will make them a useful tool to our society, or we will destroy them, one or the other. You will be, your child will become a useful tool of the proletariat uh, and nothing more. I mean, they, they're saying it out loud until people point out that they said it out loud and then they say, by the way, that doesn't reflect the views of the Michigan Democrats. Well, then whose views do they reflect for crying out loud? Go ahead. Yeah, the Democrats are trying now their best to supplant the GOP as the stupid party. They saw what happened in Virginia to um, Terry McAuliffe, who had no business losing whatsoever to this unknown Glenn Youngkin. But they stepped on not just a third rail, they stepped, I don't know what they stepped on, but, you know, you and I talked about it for more than a year, this emergence of critical race theory, you know, we had been involved at the outset of um, the uh, critical race theory in Loudoun County, and um, nonetheless... They continue to move forward as if, you know, nothing happened. They haven't learned their lesson whatsoever. So I think what they did is they reflected their, their actual views in that statement. Excuse for the background. One of my phones went off here, and I couldn't turn it off. But nonetheless, I was, I was going to ask you um, what song that is that you chose for a ringtone there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't set ringtones, you know. Uh, whatever comes with the phone, I go that with. That was uh, default. Huh? My okay. other one didn't go. Yeah, okay. yeah, but in any event, um, yeah, they they they, they uh, clearly reflected their clear views, and you know we've seen over I think it's been about a hundred and twenty years now, eh, maybe a little bit less than that, but if you look at some of the writings, Lenin and others, this is precisely what they were talking about, and this thing is going off again, and I apologize for that. It must be really but, important. Um, <laughs> I have no idea why this thing won't turn off. There we go. But nonetheless, I apologize to your listeners. Um, This is what they believe. We saw it reflected so many times in comments made by some of the people. Remember, what's her name from MSNBC, who said virtually the same thing and then said, never mind. They always do that. Just like the guy from the Golden State Warriors, 
they'll say something reflecting their true sentiment, and then they backfill and say, never mind, we, we don't really mean that. Yes, they do mean that, because we've seen them say things like this or heard them say things like this so many times. It's not coincidence. It's not just merely a faux pas. This is what they mean. You can see it in the manner in which they're structuring laws with respect to education. You can see it with the vehemency that they deny the existence of critical race theory. You know, uh, I was, along with others, involved in drafting the anti-critical race theory bills here in Ohio. There have been numbers throughout the country. What's interesting is I have been, the backlash that I face whenever I, I do something like that or speak about something like this is from the left saying, you know, this doesn't mean make any sense because there's no such thing as critical race theory being taught. Well, then what are you protesting for? It should be no skin off of your nose. Oh, no, there's no critical race theory, but nope, we can't eliminate critical, critical race. Critical race theory is important for them to delegitimize the United States of America, its founding, and all of its principles so they can impose their status view, and I'm using a very mild term, yeah. of the world on our kids. And that's what's happening here. Every once in a while, they, they get somebody who misspeaks and actually tells the truth, and they have to backfill. But again, just as we saw with our friend from Golden State Warriors, they don't say what they are for. They simply say, this doesn't reflect the views. Oh, really? Well, what are your views? Well, Finally, let me, tell us explicitly and officially what they are. Let me give you another example, Peter. Now, I'm going to play a clip here of going back to Virginia. This is Glenn Youngkin, and I believe this is yesterday. Was this yesterday? I believe it was yesterday, speaking before the General Assembly of that state. Um, the audio portion you're going to hear is him. Then you're going to hear some clapping. The video portion you can't get, but I will describe so that I can get your reaction to this. Listen. My message to parents is this. You have a fundamental right enshrined in law by this General Assembly to make decisions with regard to your child's upbringing, education, and care. And we will protect and reassert that right. Now, you have the audio. Now let me provide the video for you by description. Peter, the entire Democrat half of the Virginia General Assembly stayed seated. The entire Democrat half responded to, Parents, you have a fundamental right enshrined in law to make decisions with regard to your child's upbringing, education, and care, and we will protect and reassert that right. Democrats, by staying seated said, bull crap. No, you don't. Parents don't have that right. Peter, this isn't one person. This isn't one minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. The entire General Assembly on one half of the room stayed seated because they disagreed with that fundamental belief that parents have a right to raise their own kids. And they disagree fundamentally and viscerally. This goes to the essence of who they are. It also tells you who's backing them, too. They will not do anything contrary to the teachers' unions. This is one of the big and critical battles of our time. Who is in charge of your family and of your kids? We are getting more and more mandates from busybodies, whether it be less at the local level, a little bit more at the state level, and definitely at the federal level, as to how you're to comport yourself just as a human being. And who do your rights belong to? Do they belong to you? Or are they simply rights confirmed? 
conferred by the state. Recall that in their brilliance, the founding fathers and most Americans believed that our rights come from God, that governments are formed by men to secure those rights. We don't get any rights from the government. That's that they've got that upside down, but this is what the left is all about. They will confiscate everything you have if they can do so. They did that in the Soviet Union, they did it in China and elsewhere, and they're trying to do it here through confiscatory taxes and regulations. It's extraordinary what's going on, but they do it in a more subtle and gradual way than they did in the revolutions of uh, Soviet Union and China, but. Every so often we see them take a step too far or a visual that tells you precisely who they are and imprint that, please, upon your brain because that's precisely who they are. Somebody said your kids are your own, and these guys sat on their hands. Extraordinary. It really is, and, and, and it should just underscore uh, what we have been saying. We're not making it up when we tell you that the American left literally wants to destroy the nuclear family. They want to take your kids away from you. They want to take your influence away from your kids, and they want to make them useful tools in a Marxist dystopia that, um, that people cannot imagine until they, well, unless they've actually studied history in other countries. That's where we'll have to leave it for right now. Peter Kersenow, terrific analysis, as always, all the way through. Love the ringtone. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Take care, Bob. Thanks, Pete. 1054 on Always Right. I've got time for a couple of phone calls if you want to make them. I know we're a little bit packed today with Jordan and then Kersenow. Not much of a chance for you to get through, but here's a chance. We've got time for a couple, maybe three, if we're good. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always right back. Whatever tomorrow brings. We've got a better chance of survival if we work together. Together on Always Right. We stay together, we survive. With Bob France on AM 420, The Answer. Yeah, I was really astounded, honestly, when I uh, <laughs> when I played that video and I saw it for the first time that I described with you with the entire Democrat side of the General Assembly not standing for something as innocuous and as, I don't know, perfectly understandable as your parents, or excuse me, your children are yours. Your children are yours to raise and educate as you see fit. That's the right of a parent. Oh, no, no, they would not stand for that. They could not stand for that. They will not stand for that. Um, Sister Mary Grace in Old Brooklyn. It's been a little while since I've heard from her. You're on the air. Sister, go ahead. God bless you, Bob France and Marcy. I appreciate your show every day, and I Thank know you. God loves it, Thank too. You. But something wonderful has come out of American greatness, and that's Julie Kelly and her new book, January 6th. Please tell everyone to buy it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, thank you very much. You know, I uh, I appreciate that. There are a lot of great. I want to call them great as if uh, you know it's something to celebrate. There are a lot of very important works that have been done on January sixth uh, that people need to to watch or read. And you talk about Julie Kelly's Julie Kelly's book. She's from the Federalist, uh, and I'm sure that's terrific. But also, I told you about Capital Punishment, the movie by Nick Searcy, the terrific piece on Fox Nation done by by uh, Tucker as well. The truth about January 6th is out there as much as they are trying to hide it. All right. I apologize. I didn't have time for two or three calls. I had time for one call. That's all the time we've got. Thank you for being here. Let's go, Brandon. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.